Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Streaming box technology and business rundown. Welcome everybody to Screenbox Technology and Business Rundown podcast. Today we have Cameron Powell from Credo Score as our guest. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about social uh, ranking of co uh, companies and entities and how you can use some concept of Credo Score to judge how you're going to purchase products or who you're going to support uh, or the businesses that you're going to relate to. So uh, without further ado, uh, Cameron, uh, maybe you can uh, give a brief background of who you are and, and the concept of Credo Score. Okay. Well, um... I, you know, I started my professional life as a, as a lawyer, actually. I, I went to law school because I thought I was going to go into politics. So I've really always been interested in, in public policy and how we make the world a better place um, in the laws that we get. Um, and um, I realized I wasn't going to go into elected politics. And so practiced law for a few years. Um, uh, did a clerkship for a federal judge. I was a trial lawyer at the Department of Justice. I worked in a big firm doing mostly intellectual property law uh, and, and more litigation. And then I, uh, um, a little over 20, about 20 years ago, I, I started doing startups, um, doing some coaching as well, um, like executive and career coaching, and started writing some, some books on, on various things. Um, and Credo Score was an idea I first probably started to have, I think, around five plus years ago. Um, and I remember I was um, I was studying things like some of the like the dating apps um, and how they were they were trying to match people. And um, I guess one of the, one of the one genesis of the idea was I'm looking at OKCupid. Which has this interesting matching algorithm. It gives every user on the platform a percentage score between themselves and every other user on the platform. So, and I, and looking at the questions, I realized that basically what that score amounted to was the percentage of alignment and values. And I thought, well, why, why can't we do that for corporations? Why can't I get a percentage that represents how much a corporation agrees with my values or? supports or promotes my values, and politicians for that matter. Um, so I started to think about, well, how would you do that? Um, is it like OkCupid, okay where there's a fixed body of questions and you have people answer them and, and, and then you somehow get data about the corporations? Oh, how do you get the data about the corporations into the system? And, you know, so there's all this, this issue of, of, of finding data. And... And later it occurred to me that, well, what you did is it's, you would, you could present people like in a social feed. Here's something that just happened. Like just this morning, I saw uh, something that said Delta Airlines is going to start to charge its employees $200 a month for possible healthcare costs if they're not vaccinated. Or, you know, United Airlines is now requiring vaccination of all of its passengers and whatever. 
And these are the sorts of things that people have opinions on. And you could say, well, I, I, I really approve of, of this policy. And here's how important it is to me, you know, scale of one to 10. And so I started to think in terms of really allowing a different kind of, of, of reaction to the news of the day than what social media provides us. So if you go on Facebook today and you see one of these posts or you see a post that says, here's 147 members of Congress who just voted to decertify state elections. They're trying to overrule state elections. So whatever you think about that, not really the point here. It's Facebook gives you six really pathetic responses, right? You can make a like, you can make an angry face, right? You can heart it and nothing happens in the real world whatsoever, but you get targeted better and you increase Facebook's bottom line. And I thought, well, what if you had a kind of a post where people could react by saying, well, here's how much I approve of that. Here's how much to weight this question. Um, and please start adding up these approval levels times the weight for every company, for every politician and so forth, based on how they vote on things, the policies they have and so forth. And so ultimately what you get is what I call a moral price to doing business. So the output of my interactions on the platform would be that I, I go to LinkedIn or Glassdoor and I'm looking at who to work for. I see a percentage number next to each of the companies that reflects our alignment and values, their employee policies, their sustainability, where they source their goods, how many minorities they have on their board, whatever's important to me, right? And this is the thing. All of the existing indices today, all these indexes, ESG indexes, a boycott app, they all have the same flaw, which is somebody else decides what values are important and someone else decides how a corporation or politician uh, scores on that value. And so it's not really representative as, as a, a number that, that I can trust. I need a number where if I'm, if I'm on LinkedIn or Glassdoor, if I'm on Amazon or some website and I'm shopping and I see that company A has a 37% credo score, I'm like, well, that's not very high. That We must have some real dis, you know, distance in our values here. And I might get an offer that says, click here for five similar products with a credo score all over 80%, right? So now I can really purchase according to my values, which increasingly millennials and Gen X are just crazy about doing this. They want to work according to their values. They want to invest. And so you could have this percentage score representing a moral price so that, uh, you know, with any product, we've always wanted three things. We've always wanted to know the features. We want to know the cash price. And we really want to know the values. But that's the part that we've never really gotten, at least not in a, in a, in a, a cognitively simple way, something that you could understand readily, like a single number. And so this is really the third piece, I think, of what people want when they do business is what are the features, including the benefits? What's it going to cost me in terms of cash? And what's it going to cost my conscience? Right. So so that was the basic idea. Um, and, you know, we've started to to work toward a minimum viable product and a prototype and, and so forth. Um, but it's still unfolding in terms of how does this work? Um, what sorts of technology stack would we be using? 
Um, you know, we know that there are business models that are similar to, to social media where you can charge corporations and politicians for advertising, um, for messaging on the platform to try to influence their credo score. And uh, consumer uh, research is a $20 billion industry that you could, you could sell. Uh, political advocacy, $30 billion industry. So there are ways to make money as well. Um, and so that's kind of what we've been building. And I'll, I'll just stop there and see what you guys think so far. Um, yeah. So do you think the credit score would uh, like be beneficial for the like uh, the companies who are in the industry, like from a very long time or for the newer companies, you know, um, who do not like which do not have like that much amount of data and stuff. So how do you think it would be helpful for that? Well, I think you'd want to make sure that before you had a score, you did have enough data. Um, you know, there are some quick and dirty ways to get data. Um, one is to. Um, attribute to a corporation the votes that are made in Congress and in state legislatures. Yeah, there, there may be companies that where there's just not enough data out there. I'm not sure we'd even want to start with small mom and pop stores and things like that, partly because I don't want people to gang up on them. Um, but um, one way to get some data is simply to say, it, it, um, it could be that you start with like, you know, top 1000 enterprise companies, right? Which have lots of data. Yeah. I mean, the, um, if they're in the, and that's one way to do it. And if they're in the news a lot, if there's a lot of information coming out about their practices, um, but, but some data you can actually get, it's just, it's just, you know, it's from, from government agencies, for example, um, the, uh, the FEC will tell us how much money this corporation gave to which politicians. And so if I ask you as the user, what do you think about this vote? And you say, I hated that vote. You're like 0% approval rating. Um, well, that 0% goes from that politician all the way to the corporation that donated money to them and made that vote possible. So, so uh, one of the big data sources that immediately came to my mind was using campaign finance records to to hold corporations accountable for the votes that are done that they're basically paying for. Um, and that tends to be larger companies. Um, um, you know, there's there are other shortcuts you could take for data, like their legislative scorecards. Um, a lot of uh, organizations like Sierra Club or Planned Parenthood or the NRA they will look at the voting records of representatives and you know, senators and congressmen and say, you know, this senator gets 75%. Well, you could ask the user, would you like to adopt that across 25 different legislative scorecards? And then immediately you start to get percentages for every politician. And once again, you can convert that into, into data for the corporation that's supporting them. Um, but a lot of the data would come from eventually users posting information on the platform. It could be the New York Times. It could be someone at a science department at a university. Um, they would post things saying, hey, look at this thing that just happened that this corporation did or this, you know, this policy or this fact or something we've uncovered. And instead of my little like or angry face or share, I'm like going to weigh in on it. And that corporation's credo score could change within minutes, just like the stock market. 
So, I've been giving it some thought while you <laughs> are explaining the nitty-gritty details of uh, what the plan is with Kudos Core. And I feel it uh, kind of lends itself to a different algorithm than, uh, than, than what you see on Facebook with the little hearts and the angry faces and all that. And uh, what immediately came to, uh, comes to my mind is uh, Reddit. We're basically upvote and downvote. And uh, that way, uh, it has a front page, <laughs> naturally, where we see all of the most uh, controversial and also the most upvoted uh, topics. And uh, then, I don't know, I think it can uh, be really interesting since if something big happens, uh, say, uh, I don't know, Apple, for example, successfully lobbies against uh, right to repair, it can immediately jump to the front page. It can get uh, tons of upvotes or tons of downvotes. So uh, I'm not sure about the... <laughs> about the way uh, Credo Score uh, would handle just this uh, binary ranking instead of uh, a percentage, like an approval or agreement rating. Um, more and more I see uh, just big companies such as uh, uh, Google, even with YouTube, moving in this direction. They even remove dislikes. <laughs> pretty much completely there's no longer a like this like ratio it's all hidden so it might be interesting to explore if uh, instead of uh, saying that i agree with something let's say 70 percent i could just say uh, yeah i agree with this or i don't agree with this mm. but these days uh, the second option increasingly we form this bubble around us where we only see here and uh, listen to things that uh, we like right and we we are less exposed to anything that might uh, upset our fragile ego in today's climate, especially with new generations. Yeah, with Credo Score, uh, you know, uh, it could be that even an up or down vote can be translated into a percentage figure. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean the person responds to something with a hundred percent or or seventy five. I think from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron, the percentage is more of a conglomeration of data. And it, it's kind of taking various inputs and data and creating a percentage uh, based on the values that are important to the person who's seeing the number. Is that is that correct? Did I get that right? Yeah, well, so you we have to distinguish um, uh, a couple of things. Um, there's a percentage approval I might have for one particular issue. It might be this corporation's position on abortion or gun control or riots in the Capitol. Um, and, and so that's an individual approval rating for a particular issue. And then the second piece of data on that post would be the user saying, here's how important this issue is to me. Moderate, you know, not very extremely. When you sum up all those issues and their percentages, then you get the credo score, a blended weighted average that I have, let's say, with Starbucks. So I might have a 60% with Starbucks. But all three of you would have completely different numbers. One of you might be 25%, one might be 45 one might be 89 And so, um, so we all have different credo scores individually with, with the corporation. And then another number that you could report in the media and you could report to Starbucks is, Here's your average across all users, 
Here are your, here's your average by demographic. And here are the main causes of that average. These are the main drivers. And then click here for a little predictive analytics on how to increase your credo score by changing five things about your, your business, right? And so, um, so there are different ways to talk about the credo score as a, as a sort of national average versus um, our individual score with a corporation. And then there's just the percentage approval rating. Um, but, I, you know, the weighting, I think, is important. And, and my initial idea was to keep it simple. My initial idea is not even to really have to use something like AI or machine learning. Um, OkCupid has a very simple algorithm that's, that's comprised of how much agreement is there and how much weight is there. And it's, it's algebraic. Like, you can, you can understand it and see how the answer is arrived at without any special understanding, without any AI smoke and mirrors and so forth. And that, that simplicity and, and legitimacy and sort of transparency is one thing that appealed to me. But I think also as you get into it, you're probably going to start to add AI and machine learning and many other things to, to really get at people's weight. Like how much, is, how much important is this really to you? For example, I might say something is super important and then I maybe I also provide credo score with access to my credit card statement like like Mint or TurboTax or something or Quicken, QuickBooks. And then the system sees that this thing that I said was so important to me, I keep buying. Right. I, I keep making purchases that suggest this actually wasn't that important to me. So you'd want a system that that does a little bit of a comparison about what people say and then how people act or what they do. Imagine it at, at, if you did this at scale, you could influence public policy. And my hypothesis is that you would influence it to be more to laws. We'd get more laws that are for the benefit of the many rather than just the few. 70% um, of our GDP is consumer spending. If we could channel just a little bit of that into some leverage, 70% of, of GDP is consumer spending. Um, and certainly a huge percentage of investing is done by individuals. And then, of course, there's the labor force, right? We are the people that make up the labor force that makes companies work or not work. Um, you could start to get them, just like if they're looking at bad news on Reddit, they could really start to pay attention to, um, gosh, our policies are really affecting our ability to hire workers. Um, our ability to sell products affecting our stock price because fewer people are investing in us right now with our credo score, our average credo score of 35% because we did this terrible thing last month. Um, it would add another layer to voting, which voting can be corrupted, right? Gerrymandering, um, voter suppression, electoral college stuff. The fact that in California, you guys share two senators with 40 million other people. And in South Dakota, 12 people get two senators, right? So there are a lot of uh, inefficiencies in our democracy that I think this could um, be an additional um, way to vote, in essence, and to express what, I, what are called public policy preferences. 
I actually like the fact like you know they say uh, everything is not good for everyone so it's basically um, it's a good thing to you know find a relatable or something which is beneficial just for yourself not for others and you're actually looking at from your point of view like with your own credo score so which makes perfect sense yeah for companies who are doing business I, I think one of the the points that you made, uh, Cameron, that I think is really important. You know, companies companies are very focused on what generates the most profit for them. And companies that are selling products, anything that affects profit margin, which generally comes down to sales, uh, is something that really uh, they need to focus on. And I think uh, from that aspect, Credo score can have a big impact on companies who are selling products and particularly companies who are selling products uh, over the internet uh, because then that affects buying decisions. Um, did any of the research that you do kind of indicate how much of an effect that could have? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, there's there's a number of data points. I mean, one I, one that I mentioned just now is simply that consumer spending is so big a part of the economy um, and that it could be an enormous lever. Um, and we also see there have been some studies. Um, um, I, I don't recall the name of the, the academic who did this study, but he looked at a number of situations where corporations had some negative PR in the press. And what he determined was that well before there was any movement to boycott before anyone was calling for a boycott before anyone was doing a boycott well before that it only had to be the case that the, the the bad news about the company appeared in five major media outlets and the company would backtrack or fold like 70 80 percent of the time at that point they would issue some press release or they would make some reversal of course just at the threat of, of, a, of a sort of bad PR slash boycott. Um, and, and it's similar with investing, right? I mean, um, it, a low credit score for a corporation will affect my decision to buy a certain product. And by the way, ultimately, my idea is that you would have an individual credit score for each product. So an iPhone 10 would have a different credit score from a MacBook, right? depending on their profile, like where does it come from? How much slave labor is involved? <laughs> um, you know, what are the employment practices? What's sustainability? Um, but people also make buying decisions, if you will, about who they're going to invest in and who they're going to work for. So we have this concept in business called the employer brand. And there's been a lot of research done that an employer brand, having a, a strong employer brand makes it must much less expensive to recruit talent. So you have an easier time filling a role. It takes less time to fill the role. Less productivity is lost while the role is empty. The person in the role is more engaged at the company with the great, the good employer brand, um, and they stay longer. So every outcome of human resources is better if the company has a good employer brand. Whereas if you have a poor employer brand, takes longer to fill the position, you get a less qualified candidate who's less engaged on the job and then leaves sooner. So there's a lot of, there's a big productivity element here. 
and an employer attractiveness element that go, you know, it's, it's very similar for being whether the company's trying to attract a worker, an investor, or a buyer. Um, and that's, again, that's part of what made me realize there's an enormous amount of leverage that could be brought to bear by basically creating the world's largest union, in a sense, the world's largest buying club, the world's largest investors club. I think applying Credo score to any kind of selling site, e-commerce site that is representing large brands is probably going to be the, the most effective first step. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, how do you think that uh, Credo score would be integrated into the, the economy that way? Um, and any ideas that you've had in discussions about that? Well, some of the I can talk about some of the things that, that we're looking at, um, um, and I'm and I'm certainly open to people who are more technologically savvy than I am. Um, but you know, I think before widespread adoption, um, the the solution's probably something like a browser plugin that acts like Honey or Wikibuy. Um, the browser plugin. Is, is sitting there as I shop. It's seeing the product I'm looking at or the website I'm on. Um, and, uh, or maybe it's, maybe it's looking at what I'm doing on LinkedIn and, um, and it's able to provide additional overlaying information about the credo score of, of the company or products that I'm looking at. Ultimately, I think you could have a feed that companies could license so that in search results on Amazon or Best Buy or whatever, um, the, the, the credo score shows up along with other data points about a product. Um, and you can even sort or do your search. So you can say, just like on Amazon, you can specify the price or how many stars, but you could also specify, I want, I want to, I want credo scores above 70%. Um, so that's, I think where you could get the, the most adoption is where it, it is, it is, um, sufficiently, desirable to so many shoppers that the websites themselves say we'd like to feature this information it's kind of the way that i wish netflix would really embed uh rotten tomatoes and imdb scores right there uh instead of giving you this this little thumb up thumb down nonsense that they provide which is is really a terrible metric for how i might like a movie and it's not my metric. Like all these other things, again, are other people's scores. It's like, I'd love to see my score reflected on the website. Um, you know, my personal score with this company. That's the only way you can really get people to make clear decisions is if the number, if it's a simple number, and I understand that that represents me and not some other third parties and some triangulation and guesswork and so forth. I agree. I think that that, the relationship that the viewer has of their number, that understanding that that number is a percentage based on their own values versus the values of somebody else. I, I think that's gonna be the critical component. And that's gonna be a lot of probably where the education side for Credo Score will be needed, where uh, consumers understand or when they, they, they generate their Credo Score, they understand that it's really about them, that it, that even though they're seeing it on uh, a Netflix website, uh, that number represents them uh, and how they feel about things. Yeah. Right. 
I think that'll be where a lot of the challenge will be. And what about uh, politicians? Uh, what do you think? Uh, have you talked to any politicians about the concept of credo score? Uh, would they feel it's a value to them as well to to figure out how their constituents feel about their votes and stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, or you haven't really gotten into that well, yet. I, I I have had some feedback, and they, they say you know that this would be priceless information to have um, uh, because it's much more fine grain than a vote every two, four, or six years, which is what representatives, presidents, governors, senators, respectively, uh, get. Um, this would be, oh, here's a new, you know, here's what Andrew Cuomo just did this morning. And then by afternoon, he's got a new credo score. Um, and that makes people more or less likely to donate money. That makes them more or less likely to vote for that person. Um, and you can give them data, uh, the, the politician or the campaign saying, again, here's your credo score by demographic. Um, we think that you could increase your average credo score without significant loss of votes or, or credo score by just by change, by, you know, making a couple of adjustments in your policy or your behavior or, or other things that you can, you can do. Um, and I have had, you know, I've had people say, well, um, like uh, a, an expert Capitol Hill staffer said, I don't think you should try to rate politicians at all. Just stick to corporations. And I said, why, why is that? And he said, well, because people don't really, you know, they don't really understand everything that goes into the bill. And sometimes a bill has many parts and there's many things being voted on. And, and, and I get that, right? I mean, you have an omnibus bill. Which part am I approving or disapproving if a, if a, if a representative votes for or against it? But I think you can break things down, for example, simpler bills. Um, uh, but more importantly, I think this is already what we do. We already judge people based on their vote on an omnibus bill, even though it has 1,600 parts to it. Um, so to me, I'm not really persuaded by a kind of paternalistic view that people shouldn't be allowed to do this because they can't do it well when they're trying to do it anyway and still not doing it very well. Well, maybe we can help them do it a little more carefully. Most people don't have time to research more than one or two presidential candidates, right? They they look at the list a couple year uh, year and a half, two years ago of the Democratic field of twenty three candidates. They're like, oh my god, I I'm just going to have to go based on you know who looks really good on stage and is clear. And I'm a Pete Buttigieg guy. That guy is just fire. And they think you know. And so you, based on a couple of things like personality, appearance, looks, a couple of policies, you, you decide who you're going to vote on. A credo score could say, well, actually, we went and we crawled these people's websites. We looked at their votes. We looked at their positions. And turns out Buttigieg comes in number four for you. You're actually a Amy Klobuchar, number one. Bernie Sanders, who you think you hate, but you're much more in alignment with on policies, number two. Number three is Elizabeth Warren. Buttigieg was number four for you. Um, and, and you get that with, with corporations as well, right? In, in the United States, there are a lot of, I'm not going to pick on liberals in particular, but let me just say there are a lot of liberals who have decided that you can't buy from Chick-fil-A or Home Depot or Hobby Lobby because of one thing that they did, usually about a decade ago. Um, and so it's like, it's kind of like single issue voting. 
it's really not the way that we want to run uh, a democracy is for people to vote on a single issue, especially if the company's changed in the meantime. So the idea of a dynamic moral price that changes based on the company's own evolution um, and gives me a, a sense of how well aligned am I with the countless number of companies and politicians that I can't possibly do enough research on. And since I can't possibly do enough research, I'm going to go with one data point that I hear from a friend. Um, that I think is a problem. And um, I think that, you know, there are technology solutions that, that are inevitable, whether they come from us or someone else. I think this idea of a, of a sort of a moral price to a relationship or a transaction is inevitable. Someone's, someone's going to do this and do it well in the next five or 10 years. And, you know, China's already doing it to its own people. My position is, oh, you think you're going to punch down? No, we're going to punch up, right? We're going to rate you. <laughs> yeah, Botan, uh, could you imagine uh, having to try to uh, develop uh, the data analytics for uh, something like this? Although I would be more interested in... Uh... I'm sorry. Sorry, creating the integration for a marketplace such as uh, Amazon or something, because that would be a whole other challenge to to just do that to create an extension which can uh, which can determine what uh, product you're looking at and what uh, company makes that product and what uh, credo score you would have with that company. So it's it's a whole huge process, and it sounds. Uh, incredibly exciting to be honest it's it's not something that uh, we see often in in this field because more often than not some company comes up with an idea and it's like uh, okay this is really simple it's just a lot of work and it's really boring work but in this case i'm convinced that uh, if uh, you wanted to get developers for this project you'd have a really easy time yeah, because the, the concept of the project is something that they can connect with uh, emotionally and developers like doing work that, that has an impact. And oh, uh, Credo Score is definitely a, a product that would have an huge, impact. Huge, huge potential impact, right? I mean, this is what, I mean, I I love the idea of, of, of solving a problem that a consumer has where they just want to buy smarter. I think you could build a perfectly great business on that you could have very happy employees who love the mission. But the even bigger mission of we're going to actually change public policy to really work for the many and not just the few by by aggregating our power. Uh, that to me is the most the most exciting idea of all. Um, it's just the leverage. And, you know, I think at this point, um, you know, we've we've been bootstrapping a number of things. We've been no coding it a bit, but having some technical co-founders, some people with co-founder energy and drive, um, who are who are good at data, who are good at at the at the tech stuff that I'm not good at. I have a different vision, and I see how a lot of the parts work, and I've pulled a lot of parts from all different aspects of my background and experience, and put them together. Um, but I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And, uh, you know, having, having that tech, um, support, I think could be really valuable if, if you know, people who might be passionate about this. Um, this has been a very fascinating discussion. Uh, Cameron, thank you so much for taking time with us.
to go through Credo score. Uh, and we look forward to seeing how it will develop. And for our listeners, uh, next month we will have uh, another episode of Screenbox Technology and Business Rundown. And for any links to uh, information about uh, Cameron and his uh, ideas, uh, I will put them in uh, any of the, the follow ups. We look forward to uh, having uh, next month's uh, uh, podcast, uh, the first of the month. Thank you very much, Botan and Iman and Cameron, for your time. And we look forward to uh, next month's uh, podcast. Well, thank you very much for taking this journey with us. Join us for our next exciting exploration of technology and business on the first week of every month and for our next podcast. Please subscribe, like, and follow us on whichever platform you are listening or watching us on. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and please let us know any subjects, topics, or anything else you'd like us to discuss in the next podcast on the comment sections or in a Twitter DM. Till next month, please stay happy and healthy.